Hello, I'm Annabelle Sacker, and this is Really Wellness, a podcast dedicated to giving you better free access to information, education, insight, and guidance on healthcare from some of the best and the brightest in the health and well-being industry. Welcome, welcome. I'm so sorry it's been so long since the last episode. Unfortunately, I've had to take a little break as I haven't been that well, but we are back now. Today's topic is uh, a little bit in line with what we spoke about last week in terms of uh, sexual health and intimacy, but more specifically focused on female sexual health, a topic that's, as a woman, obviously quite close to my heart, um, but one that I think can sometimes be quite taboo to explore. And, and so it's something I really am interested in giving a platform to and uh, raising awareness about. Uh, and today we have a very, very special guest with us, Dr. Iskaros, who is uh, a gynaecologist and obstetrician and head of the British Gynaecological Imaging Society. Um, he is actually a an expert that was recommended to me by my own gynaecologist, um, and he has a real wealth of knowledge uh, when it comes to female health, both from a reproductive perspective um, and from from just generally a sexual perspective, because, you know, gynaecology uh, and uh, our thoughts and and queries and needs when it comes to gynecological health isn't just about having a baby. Um, It's also about uh, enjoying intimacy and uh, being just generally healthy in our bodies. So without further ado, um, I'd like to introduce you to Dr. Iskaros uh, to talk to us all about how we can take better care of our gynecological health. Dr. Iskaros, can you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to become an obstetrician and gynecologist? So uh, it is um, it is probably down to destiny. I sort of started thinking about becoming a cardiac surgeon because I thought that the heart is a very important organ in a human body. So that's I wanted to be the guy who fixes that. Uh, and then I became I sort of started thinking about the brain is the most important organ. So I wanted to be a neurosurgeon. Uh, but neither of those materialized, and I ended up doing obstetrics and gynecology, uh, which I love, and it's something that I'm so glad that I chose. It's quite a jump from from one to the other, but I, I can completely understand because I think you know it's it's uh, an area of medicine that affects so so many people. Um, and as a woman, I can promise we're very very grateful for people like you. Um, and, and I wanted to know a little bit more about kind of the, the most common reasons that women do come to you. What are the most common things that you see in practice? So I, I see um, different things. Of course, the, the most common thing uh, would probably be related to the age of the person that's coming. So if we divided people into three groups, the sort of the teens and the sort of uh, early 20s, and then the group in the middle until the sort of late 40s, and then after late 40s. So the, the beginning is usually sort of heavy periods, contraception. Uh, uh, these are the main two reasons that I see patients at that age group. In the middle age group, usually fertility, people sort of thinking about having a baby, again, some heavy periods, etc. And then the later age group would be um, menopause and menopausal symptoms and hot flushes and night sweats, and how would we deal with that? So these are sort of the most common per age group. 
Um, and within those groups of women that, that come to see you, um, alongside many of those kind of common concerns that they have, um, I wanted to ask you, what are the most kind of common misunderstandings or myths that these women tend to have about uh, their intimate health and their, their reproductive health along that kind of journey through those different age groups? So, yeah, I mean, uh, of course, different people have got different misunderstanding, misconception of what it is. So some, some people think that the inside of the vagina de leads straight into the, the body cavity. Uh, and, you know, you get, if, you, if you sort of put a finger there, you might end up touching the liver or something. And that some people think like that. And some people think that if they don't have a period because of that on the pill, they are thinking that this is collecting a lot of bad blood inside their body. And of course, neither of these are true. And, and, and sometimes you just have to explain that. I mean, people are not sort of born biologists and, and they, sometimes they, they, they need to understand and they need to be told. Of course, in, this, in, a, in the 21st century, the people's understanding is much better than used to happen in the past. I mean, in the past, it was a, uh, one of the mystique about women is that nobody knows what's inside them. But now it is, it's not like that. It is, people have got more understanding, I think, of their uh, reproductive health and, and biology. I definitely agree with you. I think kind of certainly in my lifetime, at least, um, there has been kind of a wealth of, of open advice and, and education, uh, specifically around reproductive health um, and also um, you know, particularly for young girls in line with periods. Um, but I wanted to know whether you thought that there is more education to be had um, and whether could, women could benefit from, from a little bit more openness and, and insight uh, within their education around their intimate health. Yeah, I mean, of course, uh, you know, I, my daughter, um, she, when she studies at school, they've got all sorts of things about, and my son too, actually. Uh, there is uh, definitely a lot of stuff about sexual behavior, uh, how to be a reasonable person, what, you know, that if somebody wants a cup of tea, you can't force a cup of tea down their throat. All these things that did not exist in the past, but now they are told about it. So I think it's good and, and a progressive way forward, and I hope it will continue. Of course, you know, I'm sure that young people will have their own sort of sources of peers uh, of sort of getting advice. But when, when you talk about intimate health, I'm not really sure what you're referring to. So I'm referring to reproductive health, um, but I guess um, everything around that. So, so sexual health, I guess, is a part of reproductive health. But, you know, yeah. not everyone um, necessarily uh, wants to take care of their sexual health because they necessarily want to have a baby. Yeah. However, it's still important, I think, to, to yeah. take care of our, um, our health in that way and on that subject. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it's definitely women... Um, uh, uh, they, they, they are sort of in a journey of trying to sort of to know a little bit more about their sort of sexual health, uh, orgasms, uh, things like this that people didn't talk about in the past and now it's talked about more. And um, yes, I think a, a health, you know, in the past, for example, you know, race, you know, things like used to be taboos. You can't touch yourself. That's bad for you. And you're going to sort of go blind things like that. That's not the case anymore. And I hope 
But that message, it's, it's happening in certain uh, uh, sort of uh, social uh, uh, quarters, but not in every social quarter. So I think it's important for those people who are not sort of either don't know about it, need to know about it. I think it would be nice for them to be empowered to maybe through platforms like yours, they will get some idea about what is it that they are, uh, they, they need to know about. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's really, you know, one of many reasons why I set up this platform is to provide people with kind of insight and education that they may not otherwise have from real kind of specialists in their fields. Um, something we touched upon briefly um, and also in line with, with um, this uh, discussion around education that we're having is kind of uh, myths or misunderstandings uh, around reproductive and, and intimate health. Um, and, and certainly I've seen it, I don't know uh, if you have, but there, there have been some kind of bizarre uh, healthcare trends when it comes to um, our reproductive health or our intimate health uh, over the last few years. And I wanted to know um, if there were any that you'd seen um, that you would kind of really highly not recommend to women and that you actually think are quite harmful. Um, so every now and then uh, you get a, I don't know whether this is because of some groups on Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or something, people start going to Chinese medicine uh, as a way of treating uh, whatever condition they have. And I think Chinese medicine is fantastic. I'm sure there are a lot of power for all the herbs that's around there. But there are times where are some sort of, um, uh, if, you go to, if you don't go to a reputable person, you might end up with a lot of treatment. And I have no idea what actually in this kind of herbal medicine that they have. And I've seen people developing very thick endometrium as a lining of the womb as a result of some Chinese herbal medicine. And I have no doubt that this medicine had a huge amount of estrogen in it that the woman was not told about. And these are the ones that I get a little bit concerned about because it's just, you know, I'm sure I'm not saying that every single sort of uh, uh, practitioner is good or bad. I'm just saying that you just have to be a little bit careful of what is in that sort of concoction of things that you might be given. Um, so th these are things that every now and then you, you come across. Absolutely. And, and I think that's why it's so important for women to hear from a specialist like yourself, um, because I think it's so easy, you know, if you Google something, um, you know, or, or if you talk to someone that doesn't know to, to find a lot of kind of misinformation and misinformed guidance to do things that, that might actually not be as helpful as, as simply going to see your gynecologist. Um, and, and I think for me, that's one of the reasons that I think it's important for women to, to understand more about how to, to take care of their, their intimate and reproductive health, um, understanding who to go to. Um, but I, I wanted to ask you a, a little bit more about the importance of that um, and how kind of understanding or how you think that, that kind of having a greater understanding of how to take care of our reproductive health um, can really impact us uh, mentally and physically for the better? Uh, so, I mean, uh, of course, um, uh, a woman is not just a reproductive organ. Um, a woman has got a, a sort of all sorts of other things, her health, her sort of 
liver, kidneys, brain, mental health, sort of organic health, all these things are together. Uh, they work. And of course, reproductive health is one of the bits that I deal with. Um, now, of course, looking after reproductive health, meaning sort of things like, you know, being careful of uh, not to be, uh, uh, if you're in a relationship, to be careful not sort of to um, uh, be uh, 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 sort of careless. And you just need to be aware of what is out there that can cause problems, you know, infection, STDs, et cetera, et cetera. So these are one of the things that, you know, it's important for me to understand what it means. Of course, uh, people have smear tests and, and for them to understand what is a smear test and what is it there to prevent uh, 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 and the new trends about the papilloma virus, the human papilloma virus that uh, cause warts in the skin that sometimes can cause problems for the cervix. Uh, so things like that are important. Looking after them, you know, themselves health-wise. If people putting a lot of weight, for example, that is not great for their reproductive health, actually, as well as the heart health, as well as other health. So it's important that you sort of make sure that this is under control together with a lot of sort of exercise, fresh airs, everything else that people do nowadays just to get themselves in that frame of mind of healthiness and healthy living. Um, of course, vitamins and other things. People are, you know, the, the, the women magazine are littered with sort of all the juices that you can put and what can actually be antioxidants. And some of them will get very strange colors. But, you know, that's also part of looking after yourself in sort of supplying enough vitamins and things like this. So if there is, I mean, that's what I'm sort of thinking about. If there's something specific, I'm very happy to answer. But, um, you know, these are the general things that I would say important for women to understand about themselves uh, uh, more. And, and if women do um, kind of want to understand more, um, and if they, um, or if they are concerned about an area of, of their reproductive health, how often would you recommend that, that uh, one goes to see a gynecologist? Well, that's a difficult question because if you live in Europe every year without a doubt, without a sort of fail, you're actually seeing a, a, a gynecologist who is doing all sorts of tests and examinations. And, you know, it might be a little bit over the top to do that. But, you know, I think it is important that you have a baseline somewhere. Uh, there are things that uh, some person will come to see me about uh, something else but when we talk about general things they realize actually there are things that needs to be done and uh, that things that they might have thought relevant becomes very relevant mammograms and things like this good thing because it gives you a baseline so in the future if something starts happening at least you have a baseline sort of reading somewhere absolutely and and for for women in that kind of younger age group um who may be attending their, a gynecology appointment for the first time or, or don't really know what to expect. Um, I'm sure that's quite a nerve-wracking experience. I know it certainly was for me when I was quite much younger. Um, and I wanted to know if you could maybe give us a little bit of insight um, into what young women um, or old women, if they've never been before, can expect um, when attending a gynecology appointment. So it's usually 
it's usually some, you know, they, they do that for a specific reason. So if there's a, somebody is coming with heavy, painful periods in their teens, for example, there is not a huge amount of, um, uh, of course, you need to understand, like you, like you said, you understand that this is a nerve-wracking thing. It's a nerve-wracking for somebody in sort of their 70s to go and see a doctor, uh, you know, man or a woman. So it is, it is something that is, you know, young girls, of course, they feel sort of nervous about. And of course, when you're a gynecologist for, you know, for more than 40 years, you sort of kind of have the experience of actually sort of putting people at ease. And, but not every single one of them will, have to need, will need to have an intimate examination. So not every single one will need a vaginal assessment or anything like that. Sometimes it's just an ultrasound scan. Sometimes it's just a blood test. Uh, so these are for the sort of younger age group. For the sort of middle age group, they probably, if, they've come, if they have never come before, I think um, simple screening things has to be mentioned because you know screening is out there for a reason and it is important that sometimes if somebody has been you know in a, in a relationship i think it's important to sort of to think about sneers it's important to think about you know what is uh, what other health issues could be related to that uh, so that's the things that we discuss and of course every person is different all concerns and their own experience Absolutely. Thank you for that. I think that's really, really useful for, especially for young women to, to hear. Um, and we've touched upon this very briefly before, um, but are there any steps um, that, that women could or should take to check that they're, they're sort of healthy on a regular basis before they come to see a gynecologist? I mean, we have to remember, you know, people in general are healthy. There is, you know, we're not born with disease. We're born healthy and fit and, and well. So, you know, apart from the general, so for, you know, again, sort of, you know, in people in their teens and eight and 20s, they just really need to sort of do, just make sure that they look after themselves. They are, you know, they are um, uh, living healthy life, uh, having enough exercise, having enough fresh air, eating balanced diets. I think that's all what you need to do at that stage. Uh, when, start, when, this, when things start happening later, then there would be more targeted approach of, you know, where you go from there. Yeah, and, and I suppose also if, if women begun or begin to notice changes uh, in their health, uh, particularly when it comes to their like, intimate health, that's probably the time that uh, they should come to see you. Wow. Yeah, so that would be a targeted thing. Periods becoming too heavy. Um, sex becomes very painful. Um, uh, something developing down below, a big lump. Things like this. So that would be more targeted as opposed to, uh, let's just go and see the gynecologist because it's a friendly chap. Let's have a little bit. <laughs> it doesn't happen that way. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and are there any resources that you would recommend to women um, who want to know more about their own reproductive health uh, or understand it a little bit better? I think you're right about mentioning where to go to. I, I think, of course, many people start with Google. I think that's a reality. Uh, of course, there are College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists in, the, uh, in this country. They have uh, sort of resources uh, directed to uh, the public uh, as opposed to professionals. And many societies actually have got some sections now 
related to a specific thing. And sometimes when you search Google, it will come, uh, it will direct you to those websites to answer a specific question. Fantastic. Thank you so, so much for joining me today. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. I really, really appreciate it. Um, and if people want to um, find you um, or where you practice online, um, would you like to let them know where they can go? Dr. Google. Dr. Google. <laughs> Dr. Google and put Escaros, you'll find me there. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today and for joining Dr. Iskros and I on the Rooney Wellness Podcast. I hope this gave you a good insight into gynecological care and health when it comes to sexual well-being and your reproductive well-being. If you enjoyed this episode and you're looking forward to the next one, where we'll be speaking to Dr. Rimby, aka Rimby the Medic, all about her journey from midwifery to medicine and her insight into the process of childbirth and reproduction as a registered midwife and practicing doctor. Please rate, review and subscribe. I love having you on this journey with us. Have a beautiful week ahead and I can't wait for you to join us next time.